Castle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Tuesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Welcome in, Jeff. As always, you bring the cold. It's cold this morning. I almost needed a jacket, but I knew you were going to be in here in your your West Virginia <laughs> roots. I knew you wouldn't have one, so I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to be a sissy. Bringing up the level of toughness. Well, I will say, well, that and the, the distance between my front door and my car is pretty short, so I can deal with it a lot I'm, more. I'm ready to not bring the cold. It, I'm tired of it, to be honest. Is it like I was, I walked out and it, and that kind of, it? the wind blew a little cold towards me and I went, oh no. Because, you know, I've done, I feel like I've done a pretty bang up job of, of getting the flowers in, taking the flowers out, getting the flowers in, taking the flowers out. And so it's it's almost I feel like it you know I do it about two more times and it's going to be classified as a workout in my book, because <laughs> um, it doesn't take much to classify in my in my realm. But here's the deal, uh, yeah, I don't think it was supposed to be this chilly this morning. No, and I I don't know I the last I heard was that it was supposed to be the low 30s over the weekend and then and coming sure out of the was. weekend <laughs> it was supposed to be warmer like low 40s well it wasn't that way this morning so i don't i don't think they have a clue honestly i think they're just guessing well in in, in their defense i guess if this is what that is um there was no frost i was pretty stoked about that no and that's a good thing because it you know my my garden is it kind of having a hard no, it's, time? It's okay. I've been covering it and keeping it wet and stuff like that. So another one of those cover, no, uncover, yeah, uncover. Like the other day, I did the whole bag on the new tree thing to make sure frost doesn't get on the leaves, and I, I overslept and I, I wake up to a sunny room and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so I like run down there and I swear, if there was three feet from the sun contacting the tree, I ain't telling you this story. Like I literally went and ran back inside, and I'm like, Whew. "That makes for good TV, right there." Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, that would have been on some kid movie at yeah. some point. But the sun just etching closer and closer. Yeah, dun 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 dun. But anyway, it's cold this morning. That's kind of where that story was going. Yeah, really no in- ending there. Uh, I will say it's stunning the growth of the grass. I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really wrestling with if I'm going to try to mow this weekend or not. I'm, I'm really kind of thinking I might not. So I'll probably mow this weekend because, like, I had been doing the whole – because I live in a neighborhood, and <laughs> you can tell, like, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. So, like, I'm in a neighborhood, and everybody else, like, mulches their grass. I'm the only one that blows the grass because I've always blown grass. And, like, I think I kind of secretly don't have a lot of fans in my neighborhood because I blow the grass. <laughs> And so, anyway, I'd kind of tried to transition to mulching. The problem was the last few years I let it go so long. If you ever tried to mulch that thing, it's like, yeah, it doesn't like it and dies. So I'm trying to stay ahead of it and maybe mow every like five days instead of every ten days. And so 
because with the size of yard, I mean, if I can go really fast if I'm doing that, and then it doesn't take much. So I'll probably try to stay ahead of it. But it's not, uh, you know, I'm not having to, like, lift the front end up and, and knock all the debris away ever ever so many feet. So I feel like that's a victory, too. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, it's it's winning, winning Tuesday is what we're going to call today. But uh, we do have some kind of interesting topics. Again, yesterday, as great of a weekend as we had, as, as really wide open as Tennessee recruiting was, the, the talks a little bit yesterday about the last dance, we're going to continue that. Again, I always like to get both your and Boone's takes on, on the last dance because, again, we're, we're second to last week of this deal. They're, they're going to close it up over the weekend. We're going to talk about what you had, what you took away from it a little bit, and then how they're going to close up the the series i mean i I feel like in 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 the front end they were kind of slow they were talking about individuals and then now we're we've kind of got year to year but i feel like they're gonna they're gonna have a fun time really closing this thing up because there's a little bit left i mean there's some good time left i gotta get caught up on it i didn't get the uh the last two episodes now that being said, I did read a couple things when they were talking about Michael's baseball career. Yeah. So I don't know if they. You watch Jordan ride the rides the bus? No, uh, I need to watch that one. So it's it's funny because it, since I had watched that, a lot of that I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. That. Some of the stuff I've read said don't don't look at his stats. Look more at what he was kind of doing behind the scenes, and you kind of judge yeah. him on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Terry Francona, you know, former Red Sox manager. Uh, I guess he's – is he still in Cleveland? I have no idea. I feel like when you go to Cleveland, I, like it's just – but he was. He took him to the World Series, Fra- Terry Francona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was the manager Oh, of you know the, what? Yeah, he was the manager of the, the double-A team that he the was – The Birmingham Barons. Yeah. Yeah. Two, and, two World Series. Yeah, yeah, he, he won has, two. Yeah. But he, he took Cleveland to a World Series and then lost to the Cubs. I can uh, see that. But he won two with <laughs> – yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but uh, anyway, so he's he's a successful, very established manager now. But he was the manager of the AA team. You know, and I think if when you have that level of success later on, maybe it kind of validates that you didn't immediately just get starstruck by Michael and say, yeah, throw him as high as you possibly can, get him out there. Well, there, we'll talk about that on, on, at the topic because they speak to why he went directly to AA. Why he wasn't, you know, a rookie going mm-hmm. to, to high A or going to, you know, if, if you're a Smokies fan, that's Myrtle Beach. Like, to me, I'd never want to get out of single A ball because it's at Myrtle Beach. I'd but, be good uh, that. Because you go from Myrtle Beach to Iowa. I just feel like that's a that's a hard transition. But any, anyway, um, one topic I wanted to talk about, and, and it's just because iRacing piqued interest. And, and I feel like if anything Fox NASCAR did well – is kind of salvaging what was a if if ever a series of races were were a epitome of a sport, this iRacing series was was an epitome of NASCAR mm-hmm. because one the first one you had out there everybody was kind of terrible, you know it was kind of like bad qualifying you know you're you're sitting here and, and Homestead's like. It's Homestead. I don't really like that track anyway, but it's kind of fun because no sports is going on. So it's kind of like bad qualifying. Well, then the next week comes on, and then Bubba Wallace just quits. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's losing sponsors, and everybody's talking trash. So that's kind of, you know, that's like little little pity racing, you know, like nobody cares. This is, this is ARCA 
0.5. I mean, this is MS-DOS of ARCA. You know, it's like terrible. And, and then the following week, I think it was clean. And, yeah. and then the next week, the big one happens. You That's, know, Kyle Larson yep. uh, drops language that is very bad. And, and next thing you know, he's fired. And then, then uh, since then, he's now he's going to drive his own self-titled role uh, in, a, in a lower series. So, uh, you, you know, he's actually – I think he's going to race Friday night this week that gets him behind the wheel before any of his NASCAR people do. Uh, Matt Kenseth comes into the picture. He takes in on the 42 ride. The discussion is, is why not somebody who was a, a little bit more marketable, da-da-da-da-da. And then they have North Wilkesboro. North Wilkesboro completed the Fox Pro Invitational Series uh, that they had kind of built up in, in lieu of real-time racing. Uh, Denny Hamlin wins it, so he kind of bookends the series. He wins at Homestead. He wins it. Uh, he wins it at North Wilkesboro. But what I want to talk about is is one. This series kind of opened up the the fun side of gaming as real athletes do it. Uh, I think that's one caveat that that those two worlds have never really merged. I'm not saying that basketball players don't game. I'm not saying football players don't game. But you don't see that on a on an no. exposed level. And and it, my, my favorite part about the whole thing has been Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon being just flat-out terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not that, you know, I had a big vendetta against Jeff Gordon. I mean, I was a Dale Sr. fan, so you just can't like the rainbow guy. It's just, it, it just can't do it. So, but over the time, like when Junior went to Hendrick and then, you know, Jeff Gordon kind of mentored him some I thought that was a really cool point so I gained some respect for Jeff Gordon later in his career that I never had for him early on so the and then Jimmy Johnson I've always respected his driving ability because believe me there's plenty of guys in the sport I think that have had a Chad Knauss and just weren't smart enough to stick with it and wasn't smart enough to listen wasn't smart enough to drive you know what I'm saying so the fact that they've put together their seven championships there's some respect there but the fact that you, you put them in a gaming console and they're just as terrible as me. Like, there's a certain level of cool right there. Yeah, they, they, it's, 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 it's a different world because now I you're even, looking at different – you're using different skills so much that it, huh. it alters. And, and I even, you know, and this is – I don't know. This is just my opinion. Maybe you can chime in. I even somewhat – uh, thought it thought uh, Ty Dillon did some funny things like with his Geico and his little paper on the wall over here. You know, fifteen percent, say fifteen minutes, blah blah blah. That to me, that's just fun. Well, that's... but I'm I'm not a Dillon boys fan, you know, because I just feel it's another one of those. It's why I wasn't a Daniel Suarez fan. It's why I haven't been, you know, I wasn't really a Danica fan. Is because I felt like the the sport got handed to him. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, Daniel Suarez literally bought out Carl Edwards. And I was like, that's that's just not how you get in the sport. Like, yeah. starting a smaller division, work your way up. The Dillon boys got handed a ride. Papaw's a, a car owner. That's how that works. I get it. And, and you know, they've somewhat, and I don't want to say staged, but I'm going to say staged. Uh, Austin Dillon won a D Daytona 500. You can't tell me. The 20-year anniversary of Dale winning it, the three-car – Richard Childress's grandson wins the 500 on a fluke last last lap thing. You can't tell me there wasn't some pitch strategy there. There are will. so many ways that they could take a car 
and NASCAR, especially at a. If you try to do that at Bristol, forget it. Outside of all forty-three drivers understanding he's supposed to win, don't screw this up. But it, at a restrictor plate track, where a millimeter more yeah. opening. Well, I was going to say yeah, or a degree of of, yes. of downforce. I mean, it's it, amazing. It's it's going to give that edge to that car, and, and and like you said, it's it's a feel good story too good to be true well i mean it, I, and and i loved when trevor bain knoxville native won the daytona 500 but i mean the woods brothers like the first time back to 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 daytona in like so many years and he was in the the traditional paint scheme which they normally didn't run mm-hmm. da, 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 da. i don't know i just i don't think that it's rigged but i think they set a car up that if they do the right things they 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 I, have a better shot to win i could definitely most. believe that definitely. so so anyway uh, I think this eye racing has really allowed me to dig into some of the like Timmy Hills or Roth Chastain, some of those young guys that I just don't know a lot about. Uh, it's also shown me that William Byron can pretty much win in anything. Uh, <laughs> William Byron is the most stale looking dude you'll ever see, but I swear you put that helmet on, put a w- steering wheel in his hand, and he's gonna win. He won multiple eye racing events. He's won several uh you know real races he's in the 24 ride so again he's in a, he's in a top-notch ride so but doing saying and and talking through all that my my conversation piece today is they went to north wilkesboro to finish this thing up so they they literally they basically had to clean the track up to allow the whoever i racing people were to come scan it so they had to come in with i guess i'm assuming drones or some level of of scanning system and they scanned the track to re- replicate it on the game. They didn't have it before. And really? Yeah, and so that's that's next level technology cool. That surprises me that they didn't have it. But you, what I'm saying is is when they raced at North Wilkesboro, even though it was eye racing, even though it was a game, even though, you know, sometimes you know they would turn the corner and fans would, you know, kind of do that little shaky thing that <laughs> fans aren't really fans. It's still North Wilkesboro. There was still a, an, an an unwritten old school racing cool to it. Uh, it. Only thing that would have made that any better is if against the the turns it had said Winston Cup. Right. You know what I'm saying? It just it felt like you could smell the cigarette smoke. It's like you could feel you could smell the barbecue. Like the tire, it was it was tires, gasoline, cigarette smoke. That's what you were smelling. And every now and again, maybe a little shine. And and the thing is. Is that's gone out of NASCAR at a lot of places. You're not getting that feel at Pocono. You're not getting that feel at Watkins Glen. You're not getting that feel at, I mean, even in the heart of NASCAR, you don't get that feel at Charlotte. Charlotte is very commercial. Charlotte is a very upstanding, you know, NASCAR track. It's, it's very, it's very, they call it the, the crown jewel of NASCAR. I mean, yeah. it's literally, it's a, it's a great looking track, but there's not that beating and banging. Like I, I'll never, you know, I, that's I guess why I like the the little truck race that they do on dirt, is because it's it's nasty, it's old school racing, it's it's hit the pace car, it's come in, beat a bang on a fender, and then get him back out there. It's that level racing. And when they went to North Wilkesboro, it just begged the question for me because it's always it's always been a conversation piece at the house, especially when after Daytona they go to Vegas. Well, for, for the better part of my life, that was leave Daytona, go to Rockingham. Well, now right. they don't do that. You know, it used to be, you, you know, North Wilkesboro was a track, and you, you knew it was another one of those, 
is another one of those kind of flat tracks that you you had to go and it was a it was kind of a technician's track uh it was short so i mean you had to get around there you couldn't you know bait a whole lot of things in and take a you didn't have 30 laps to get something right you had to turn it on um but they don't do that anymore and and i understand the commercial side of it you had to get to the west coast you had to give these big markets multiple races so that you could get that revenue up and i understand all that that side of it but i mean i the question is today, Jeff, in today's era where Bristol's not selling out to where TV money has taken over NASCAR like it has most sports, is it time to bring back those feel-good stories, those great tracks, those Rockinghams, those North Wilkesboro? And if it is, do you cut other tracks or do you, or do you, add, or do you add two races to the schedule? I think that's tough because I think in – I mean, over the years, this sport, they have been adding races because you look at where they were at in the early 90s, mid-90s, they've added tracks and they've added races, and I think they're filling their schedule up. So for me, I would I would definitely love to see a Norks Wilthbarrow or a Rockingham in lieu of maybe one of the Dover or the New Hampshire races. Because I think you look at that market up there. I mean, you've got two races up there in a really small area. Or actually, I think they go to New Hampshire twice and Dover once. So there's three races up there in an extremely small, I don't know, geographical area. So I think if you ditch one of those and you get one of those tracks back down here, I'd love to see a Rockingham. I miss that track. And, and it's for the reasons that you stated, because it was one of those, this is that track where you're going to see people beating and banging off of each other to try to get around and get position and, and get where they need to be. Um, and, and, and you miss that because there's a lot of history there. And yes, it's another North Carolina track. Sure. But it's one that's got a lot of history too. And they've spent a lot of time there. And I think you've got a really big market for for especially traditionalists that would like to see that that have looked in the past and seen all these changes they the nascar nascar is the king of making changes all the time and it to to see a rockingham come back i think that would really fill a need for a lot of traditionalists and some old school drivers now rockingham rockingham is it in north carolina or virginia i thought rockingham was north carolina i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to merge some some thinking here. So Richmond has two races. Yeah, you don't get rid of Richmond. Well, I don't think you get rid of Richmond. I just think you give one of them away. No, you don't even do that. Whatever. R- Richmond has to have what? two. He wants to keep Pocono and he wants to keep Richmond. I, you just can't have it then. We go to 38 races and we're done. No. Why not? Get one of the, 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 the Dover ones. Get rid of one of those guys. Why can't you get rid of Pocono? They race like both races in a four weeks period because that's that's a that's a road course that's not really a road course well then then you have two road courses so get rid of one of them two different you can't get rid of the Glen and you cannot get rid of sonoma why because it's in that western market you talked about well but if you're keeping pocono you're in there what <laughs> i said i'm just i'm trying to i'm trying to oh. spin you out of control <laughs> no you're i'm not trying to pit maneuver you i'm trying to put you can't you. do that but what I'm saying is if, if you've got California Speedway, if you've got Phoenix, you've got all these Western tracks, you can give up one. Yeah, I don't think that you do that. I, I think I, you maybe – I'd give up a Phoenix. I would definitely give up a Phoenix. 
What about Kansas? Can we give up Kansas? We can definitely give up Kansas. I've it, there's there's a couple tracks out Arizona, there. Arizona, the ISM Raceway, which is, see, is Phoenix. Yeah, see, that's but, another one that messed me up because I'm looking for these tracks and I'm like, oh, Phoenix Motors, it's gone. Oh wait, yeah. what is this Arizona thing? Oh, I guess that's it. So what if we? What about Homestead? Can we cut Homestead? I'm okay with cutting Homestead. Like I, I feel like the only reason Homestead has survived all of this is because it's sunny. And it's it's kind of like start at the beach, end at the beach. Yep. Like I really think that because here's the thing, there's probably and I don't know what this says about my my opinion, but there is there is probably circa point three percent NASCAR fans in Miami. Yeah, I can there's, see that. Let's just say just just watch the news. There's a lot going on down there, <laughs> uh, and NASCAR isn't like forefront of that that no. opinion. Like, could you imagine if the final race was at Bristol? Oh my gosh! Could you imagine? I mean, could you imagine? I don't think you should ever put the final race at a road course because it's still NASCAR. Yeah, it's still speed. But to me, instead of homestead, because again, where's the heart of racing? Charlotte. You know where it's it's in the South. It's in that that southern. So what if you had the final race either at Charlotte, Bristol, uh, even I mean even Atlanta? You know they talk about it being one of the faster tracks on the circuit. Yeah. You know, I think that would be well more, and I'd do it under the lights. There's no way I would never. I would always finish the season under the lights because I feel like that's where the that's where things get a little heated and and things like that. But could you imagine if if because Homestead? I just feel like people. It, it's pretty much a parade. It's a, a finale parade. It's not really now. It's better than it used to be. I remember just early on in the Jimmy Johnson championships. He has to finish better than 43rd. And I'm like, so he just has to finish. Yes. Because, you know, there's starting park guys that's going to get him ahead of 43rd. That was that was part of that transition with the way that their point schedule worked and things like that. And, and, and I – part of me really, really wanted them to keep it the way it was because if you make changes, then is what the people did – early on in the years the same as what people are doing now no because it's easier i think but at the same time the playoff system i kind of like it a little bit but you you need to add that flair i think you're right i don't think you put them on an oval that is just uh, yeah i'm gonna go fast and turn left i I really think miami i'd have to look it up but i think they have like 14 degree banking If, if you get into where you've got the top five guys are separated by 20 points and whoever wins wins Man, you take them to Bristol, or or you put them on the Roval, the Charlotte Roval. Yeah, like I love that. Like you, I think that's you the put them thing. in a track that they just can't cruise. If don't you, take to California. Don't go to Talladega. You go to Bristol. You go to Charlotte. Uh, have you ever seen the Roval like in person? I uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Like the them doing the Roval. No. So I I had the opportunity to see the Roval two years ago, three years ago. Went to the to the. Uh, the chase race that was at Charlotte. They played. The, they did the Roval. It's the coolest thing because it's basically maybe not quite two thirds, but we'll just say two thirds of the track is wide open. Charlotte, two hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. All right. Then you come into turn one, and you've got to do this little S mm. nine turns, and then you got to get back out of it, and you've got to get back into to wide I've, open. I've seen that at uh, they do it at Daytona also. Yes. And so, so it's just it's just awesome because they turn hard like right past the start finish line. So people are literally like, I mean, wide tail open, 
and and they get to the start finish line and they're blowing through the cones and and because they that can't, would be a lot of fun they can't get it turned. So to me, you want to you want to finish with everybody legitimately having a chance uh, to win right there. I think you, you put it on something that's a little more volatile, and that's Bristol, yeah. that's the Roval, uh, that's that's something that I mean I would say Martinsville, but some people are technicians uh, to where that that could even go one way or another but you put it on two you got 200 mile an hour and a road course doesn't get any more technical no, than that i think so, it's awesome uh but let's get to a break we have burned up 24 minutes talking about north wilkesboro and uh and cutting one of them west coast tracks but anyway kansas uh, or kansas but uh <laughs> but uh anyway let's take us a break listen to these great sponsors when we come back we're going to talk about the last dance season is about to come to an end the docu-series uh episodes nine and ten will be this upcoming sunday they've got a lot of ground to cover but they've covered a lot in the first eight weeks we'll kind of wrap uh, our heads around what they've talked about some things that th- that we really exposed this past week that maybe we didn't know and then kind of hash out how they look to finish this thing but we'll do that on the flip side of the break you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 8:50 a.m and streaming at wkbl.com rocky top sports we'll be right back Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At Rule King, we live, love, and embrace a rural lifestyle. We want to thank our customers for working with us to keep promoting, preserving, and protecting the rural lifestyle. Our promise to you is to continue working hard to give the best price, quality, and service every day while improving our new shopping options like buying online at RuleKing.com and picking up at the store. Thank you for shopping your neighborhood rule king, America's farm and home store. This is Wayne, and let me start by saying thanks for listening, and I hope you like what we're grinding on today and what we like to call the fastest hour here in Blunt County. But we wanted to take a minute to let you know how you can join in, give your take on today's topics. You can give us a call, Grind Time Hotline, 865-983-4310. That's 865 865- 983-4310. But if you don't have time or you're on that morning grind, give us a message on our website, thegrindonsports.com. You can drop a comment, leave a message, and we'll get your opinion on the air. I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, thanks for putting the grind on your mind. Got golf? Iguanifarmsgolf.com. 970-7132. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? or a place to fill the weekend fun, check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. 
So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios at Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre. And you're listening to the Tuesday edition of The Grind. Uh, as I tell Boone almost every day, if, if they could just hear what we talk about at the break, it <laughs> may be. I don't know that it'd be any better show, but I, I think it'd get us closer to getting kicked out of the door. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but anyway, uh, The Last Dance, episode seven and eight, uh, came on this past weekend. And really, Jeff... Talked a little bit about uh, Jordan playing baseball, kind of the the exit of the 93 season and and some of that. And and we talked a little bit yesterday with Boone and then Mr. Ward called in, uh, talking a little bit about what it's letting you know about about Jordan as far as his drive, as far as what he's doing. Uh, and, And to me, if I've gained any respect for Michael Jordan, which, again, everybody, just because you're a LeBron fan doesn't mean you're a Jordan hater. Yeah, I think that kind of has to be laid out there. But I've always had respect for him. But I think I've gained more from this. I think uh, you know I've seen a lot of. I think Jarrell uh, put out there. Jarrell Lundy, if you're listening, there you go. There's one. Um, he put out a, a little thing, and I, I, I was like, I totally agree with that. I think you liked it too. Talking about Jordan, the great of the '90s. Yes. Kobe, the great of the 2000s, and then basically LeBron, great from then now. Yeah. Uh, I can I can jive with that. I, I can get I can, behind that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is so with that being said, I have literally watched this saying, "Teach me about this greatness that I just didn't. I wasn't exposed to. Uh, I was I was young, East Tennessee, rural East Tennessee. Basically, when Tennessee was at its greatness in football. So, just quite frankly, that's what I knew. 
I knew that in the Braves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the Braves were really good at that yeah. time. So it, it was one of those deals. It just wasn't an exposed area to me. I knew who Michael Jordan was. My my cousin, still to this day, is a huge, like, that's the only athlete that ever walked the earth, if you ask her. So uh, she, I still have found the, probably two or three weeks ago, in the grand, you know, uh, COVID-19 house cleaning that everybody did. Uh, found some some little metal cards that collectibles that she had gotten me. Of course, I was a, a terrible brat and I opened them, so they're probably not as worth as much as anybody else's. But anyway, um, I've always had respect for Michael Jordan. I feel like when you're you're coined as the greatest, there's a lot of weight that comes with that. So I've watched this series with an open mind and really wanting to see the ebbs and flows of of Michael's time, right? And I thought they did a good job of opening up some of the Batman and Robins, as as Ward talked about yesterday, talking about, oh, and this may be him again. He might have just, he's about to clean it up. Yes. But here, let's jump to the phone lines and see see who's going to grind with us today. <clears throat> hey, you're on the grind. Good morning, gentlemen. Yeah, hey, good morning. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I was sitting here listening to you. I was just thinking, man. That 84 draft was stacked, right? I mean, you had Barkley, you had John Stockton, you had Hakeem Olajuwon, you had um, Sam Perkins, Sam Bowie. Okay, let me ask you this. <laughs> yeah. What I, happened? I was going to say, ask, who who was it that drafted, uh, was it Portland? Portland dra- drafted Sam Bowie. Yeah. Sam Bowie, he was a stud center from uh, – Kentucky. Yeah, because they already had uh, Drexler, didn't they? So that's why they didn't right. take Jordan. Yeah, but what happens if Portland took Jordan? I mean, everybody knows Hakeem was going number one from Houston. He was, he was, uh, he was, he was awesome. And he was but a no-brainer. Ha- yeah, he he validated that through his career. Yeah. What What would you? Do? What would What would the world be like if Michael Jordan was a Portland Trailblazer? You know, th- this is one that. And I don't know, maybe this is not a popular opinion, but I don't think you have the same crate. I think he's a great player. I think he ends up with MVPs. I think he ends up maybe one ring. But the reason that I don't think he's the same is because there's no Jerry Krause. <laughs> and as much as – it pains me to say that too. But Jerry Krause really knew what it took to put together a team. I mean, he made that so, tough decision to put Phil Jackson in there. I was going to say, I, I was going to go the opposite direction and say he wouldn't have had Phil Jackson. And honestly, Michael's Michael's persona that I'm seeing from him, he would have stuck with, with Portland. He would have lived and died yeah, in Portland. Like he would have. He, he, he would not have moved teams. And so, with that being said, I, I you know, I don't know. I think I think it probably benefited the sports world by him, uh, by him dropping to, what was it, three? He dropped to yeah. three? Yeah. Would he have been a one B or a one A with Drexler? I mean, how would that have worked out? I think it'd have been one of those that first year they kind of battle and then Michael kicks him out. I mean, I think I think, that too. I think athletically he just he just pushed him beyond. He, it, there was kind of like they did in the the was it episode three or four when they said you know I appreciated Clyde's athleticism and his ability, but he said he said I did not appreciate being compared to him. Well, look at that practice with the dream team. You know, you still had these greats on the court that were 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 the greats. We're the greats. You're just Michael. You're 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 young. You know, you don't know. And then by the end of that practice, everyone was like, "Okay, move over. He's the best." <laughs> and I think he would have done that anywhere he went. But I, yeah, I, 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 I yeah. Do you think Michael would have left Portland? 
Do you think he would have got tired of, of, of what – I mean, let's just face it. If there's any Portland fans out there, I'm sorry, but the mediocrity <laughs> that, that that franchise has been for so long. I mean, they've, they've drafted high for a long time for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah, just like – yeah, I was, I, I was just thinking, just like James Worthy said in that, um, in that little show that they're doing, he said, when Michael come on campus, he said, I was better than him. For two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think I think Michael, you know, we've talked about it, and the show has really unfolded this, and I've I've appreciated it because you know I don't know if you heard my my comment. Just because I like LeBron doesn't mean I didn't respect and really appreciate Michael Jordan. So it's it's developed that a lot more. It's it's really explained to me kind of that killer instinct that we talked about yesterday. A lot of that 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 driven side of Michael that I think is so much lost in today's athlete. But I will say, I will say, I think, I think Michael, for whatever reason, uh, he landed in a not, lot of nice spots. I mean, uh, you know, we talk about Batman and Robin yesterday. I don't know that he's got a Scottie Pippen uh, that would have been willing to be number two for that long in Portland. I don't know that even if he'd have went one to Houston, I don't know that that would have ever fit and he would have had a Scottie Pippen. He would have got a Dennis Rodman to him. You know, I, I just... I think it was a perfect fit. Uh, Jerry Krause was was shrewd enough. I don't want to say smart enough because I feel like he made a lot of dumb decisions. But he was shrewd enough to push Phil Jackson in there, and Phil Jackson was a player's guy enough uh, to get the most out of all those guys and be able to kind of uh, knit the family together a little bit, if you will. Yeah, all this is, all this is crazy. I mean, I don't I don't know if MJ ever gets a ring if he don't get Scotty. You know what I mean? There's, I mean, good, there's a really good point to that. It means that means so much. I mean. Who would have thought Olden Polonese trading for Scottie Pippen? <laughs> I, I'll I'll say I don't know that Jordan gets as many rings if they don't dismantle that that Pistons team, take take Rodman right. from the Pistons team, and kind of switch around some of the big men. See, I think yeah. that too. I think if they'd have left Rodman with the Pistons, which Rodman probably would have been a lot less weird if he'd have stayed with the Pistons. Yeah. Probably, probably, probably not. When Chuck Daly passed away, it took a, it, it took a, it took a lot out of out of Rodman. That's that's when he really went went crazy. Well, and, and the thing is, yeah, he, uh, he it was one of those. Uh, Rodman became a person in the NBA. Rodman was just a player, an athlete when he came in the league, and I didn't know that. This docu series has really opened me up to that. Like I only knew the the funny hair, Carmen Electra. Wearing the the dress, Madonna, that whole side of Rodman. Rodman, I didn't understand where he came from. That really, he was a he was kind of a flash in the pan in college. Didn't play a lot of basketball early on, and, and then all of a sudden became like this defensive juggernaut, like this. I'm going to do this because it's what's how best I can help the team, kind of thing. Right. Yeah, he was a rebounding machine too, man. But now, what what about the uh, what about the trade there that got uh, uh, you? You'll remember the names that that ch- like Chuck or Charles Oakley. They did they made that trade and got ah uh, uh, what was his name? Oh, uh, yeah, they talked about that early on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. look at that, Wayno dropping the ball right here. But but I, I thought that was a big trade too because I, I thought Oakley was really good. Uh, but but I thought they they kind of they brought in some uh, some nasty. Yeah, oh, Cartwright. 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 Yeah, Bill Cartwright. Yeah. yeah, 
Don't you think that that, that was a, a pretty good trade as well, to, just to bring in somebody that, that was willing to go to blows with a you, you know with a Lambeer or, or what have you? Oh yeah, they 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 had to have someone someone to help. I mean, Oakley was a bruiser. You know what I'm saying? But they they needed someone that could actually get some points. You know what I mean? Because Oakley, I mean, if he ever scored 20 in his career, I'd be shocked. <laughs> yeah, he's like he had more he had more fouls than maybe he had points. Absolutely. <laughs> but but I I'm excited. What what do you think? Because they've got some ground to cover here in these last two episodes to get this thing to to the finish of that 98 season and and i would i know they're they're talking about the last dance and what this looked like uh in chicago but do you think they'll do anything to talk about any more of jordan's career or this is just just going to go through 98 i think it just goes through 98 i agree do you really do do you think like if they if if sports fans could banish a couple years from from the record books it would be jordan's years in washington probably yeah (laughs) Now I will say I'll give Jordan some credit. He was a lot older at that point, and he had uh, next to next to nothing as far as help out there. Oh yeah, I, I think he got fifty-one games with him anyway, didn't he? Well, that's because he took seventy percent of the shots. <laughs> hey, either way though, right? You're Michael Jordan. You can shoot it when you want to. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> hey, it's like Kobe's last game. Yeah. They just just go down there and jack it. Just go down. What did he, he scored sixty something? Sixty. Yeah. 60. Yeah, uh, Shaq told him to get 50 and ends up with 60. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, when you but did you hear my uh did you hear my my little my little thing I saw on Facebook that I can get behind? I mean, I feel like this is me kind of stepping to the dark side. Like I'm not full-blown Vader, but I can uh I can I can get that way. Like I'm kind of stormtrooper-ish. The uh 90s 2010. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I see I seen that yesterday or yesterday. I think uh, Lundy and uh, Dunlap both put that on there. Yeah, I, I gave it the heart. Me and Jeffy gave it the heart. I liked yeah. it. I, th- I thought it was it was it was well. Oh yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, how can you argue that? You know what I'm saying? And people, I'm, I might be one of the worst, but people people jump on one band bandwagon and they don't appreciate how great all three actually were. You know what I mean? Well, I think I think, and you know, I think in lieu of him passing during the the preparation for this, it kind of more so pushed this. But I, I think when when Michael Jordan, because of course LeBron has the respect because they played together and they were very close. But when Michael Jordan, a guy that didn't owe Kobe Bryant anything, you know what I'm right. saying? When he comes out there and, and speaks about him as a little brother, talks about him, you know. You know they even they even go in the locker room and and they call him that 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 young Laker boy. He likes yep. getting on the offensive end. And and I thought there was some respect that was given and some exposure to maybe a mortal side of of Jordan that he didn't have to do, but he did because Kobe was that good. Yep, he he could definitely play, man. I think he respected I, talent. He recognized it. Oh yeah, yeah. He 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 knew sooner or later that that time would catch Jordan and then Kobe's learning and and Kobe had a Kobe had a side the same side to him as Jordan had as far as competitive fire uh will to win you know what I mean like get out of my way I, you don't like it I'm I'm taking it you know what I mean what, what did you think about uh, when it was at the end of I think episode 6 when he, Jordan and Ahmad Rashad are going to the 93 finals like they're riding together, and he's kind of doing a uh, a little 
impromptu interview. And Jordan talks about how Patrick Ewing and some of these guys say they want to play ball until until they can't play anymore. And he says, I don't want to be that guy. I want to walk off the court. Ain't nobody carrying me off the court. Like, do you think, you know, that continued to rear its head? Because he did. He stepped away, went and played baseball, then came back. Do you think in the in lieu of Phil Jackson getting canned there by Jerry Krause, do you think that, that thought came back into Jordan on top of, of Phil leaving? And he said, listen, this is another opportunity for me to walk off this court instead of instead of leaving because I think I think Jordan could have played a few more years. Oh yeah, he he definitely he, he still had gas in the tank. But when when you're the best ever, don't give them any reason to not think you're the best ever. Right. You know, that, that, that's how that's that's the spot he was in. Plus, why would you do something for Jerry Krause that first off? You guys, you guys just screwed Scottie Pippen for the last seven years, giving him one point seven million or whatever. <clears throat> when he was clearly a top five player in the league, they found that out real quick. You know, they could they could have they could have had this team together for probably ten or fifteen years. You know, if they just do things right. Do you think? And I know this is a dream world, cap space not included. Because again, that's that's where this this conversation probably ended. How crazy would it have been for Jordan to follow Phil Jackson to L.A.? Oh, <laughs> could you imagine? And I know the timing wouldn't line up, but could you imagine on the floor at one time, Shaq, Kobe, and MJ? That'd have been awesome. Like I feel like they could have played three on five. Well, could you imagine how many years it added to Michael's career too? Well, yeah, because I mean, he, he wouldn't have had to drive so much to the hole. Yeah. He could have just stood up there and shoot shot jumpers like Steve Kerr for, you know, five or six games at a time. Right, right. Just sit there and wait on it. Just feed me. But anyway, yeah. Ward, man, I appreciate you calling in, man. How You think they're going to get it wrapped up in two more episodes? I don't know. I, I kind of wish they would, and I'd like it's giving me something to watch. Give a little, give a little encore presentation, maybe. I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to go back this week and try to try to watch at least wrap ups of all of these things just to get ready for the finale there on Sunday. All right, buddy. All right, you guys have a good day, and I'll see you all soon. Hey, see, hey, you, man. see you, buddy. Thanks for the call. Big J Ward, but man, we got to get to a break. We got start bench cut on the flip side, but uh, the last dance—it's—it's uh, it's opened up a lot of doors and asked a lot of questions as to how could a front office be that in denial and maybe that ignorant, and then how uh, could greatness just continue to redevelop itself. So that's a that's a it's been fun to to kind of learn and know a little bit more about Michael Jordan. I think there's more to unfold as I've seen sneak like teasers of, of episode nine and ten. And uh, I'm excited to see what the week looks like. But let's take our last break of the day, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, start bench cut. We've got some wild ones today, as always, but you don't want to miss it. We'll be back on the flip side of the break.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blount County Community Food Connection. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, always fun talking to Jason, and, and I tell you, he, he's got the names, man. He, he can remember everybody oh, gosh, that yeah. played. It's, it's awesome. Where they came from, when they were drafted. <laughs> well, that that that, uh, that 84 draft has been kind of publicized a lot. And I, th- I thought it was funny some of the names he brought up because they're in our start bench cut. <laughs> Yeah. Uh best so start bench cut again for the listeners, start one, bench one, cut one. It doesn't mean they're they're cut from history. It just means in this format, 
the number one, two, and three in respective categories, okay? And and the first one's a little little two of them's a little tough. One of them's gonna get cut. I can pretty much tell where this is gonna go. Best brother tandem in sports or in in the NFL, not necessarily in sports. The Watt brothers, the Manning brothers, and the Barbers. Just because I couldn't, could you think of another brother tandem? Because I was, I was struggling. There, there's, there's actually like a bunch. The problem is, I wasn't going to use the Pouncy twins. Like that ain't happening. Well, there, there are just there's some that are just less publicized. Like Pittsburgh's actually got two sets of brothers on the the team. There's Terrell Edmonds and uh, there's a running back and a safety, and they're brothers. And then of course now they've got Derek Watt, T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. and then. You had the Barbers, the Mannings. I'm trying to think of who else. You got the Pounceys, but like I said, I, yeah, I, mean, I culled them just because of their Florida connection. Sorry. <laughs> Perk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely been a lot. Uh, the reason I picked these three is because I felt like both sides of the coin were good. Like yeah. the Watt brothers, I actually used, you know, I, I actually used J.J. Watt. Right. And T.J. Watt. I think Derek's been good, but he hasn't been the star power that those two. He's have been. going to be now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did have you have you heard the link? And I think you'll like this. So the Steelers logo, right? You ever realized like it kind of looks like a tri-star? I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Swain was talking about it last week. Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah, Ben McKee's a big Steelers. Yeah. Fan, and he kind of he kind of turned that, and I'm like, sure. Yeah. yeah. It works. That's I mean, right. I'm still not a Steeler fan. Everybody but. should convert now. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, if you're not going to go Broncos, you might as well just That's go right. Steelers, right? That's right. Uh, I will say the Steelers have given Vols uh, a lot of chances, a lot of opportunities. So, But start bench cut, like I said, the Watt brothers, the Mannings, and the Barbers. Not haircutting Barbers. So I'm going to start the Mannings. I think you have to. I mean, um, Super Bowls tell you to start yeah. the Mannings. I'm gonna bench the Watt brothers and then I cut the barbers. I'm going. I'm going in the exact same order, and and you may you may have different reasons and give if necessary. Uh, I go with the Manning brothers because Super Bowls. I feel like both both brothers have multiple. Uh, of course, Eli only knows how to beat the Patriots, and then and then <laughs> Peyton did it with multiple teams. So yeah. both of those I love. Uh, the Watt brothers got it for the trifecta because you've got three brothers in the NFL. Uh, JJ's the monster, Walter Payton man of the year, da-da-da-da-da. TJ's upcoming, like, greatness. I mean, he's he's proven his grit in that defense for Pittsburgh, and then Derek's going to come in and I think have a good run of it because he – you know, it's a one thing to get drafted. It's another thing to make a team, but it's another thing to transition to another organization. I think I think that's where the, the fun times are going to be for that family. Uh, but then the Barbers – you know, nothing against Tiki, nothing against any of the the either one of the brothers, but I feel like um, you, you take about a four year stretch out of Tiki's career, and, and there's some questionable like validity there. So I feel like he's greatness is is on both brothers' behalf, but but uh, again, when they're up against those two families, I feel like it, yeah, it's the short it's end of the tough. stick, yeah. So next one, next one, let's jump to to the middle one, and this is the non sports related. Uh, and, and this is just, I feel like at 6 a.m., how it took us this long to get to this one, uh, I don't know what. But <laughs> energy source, and this is preference, I guess. Coffee, energy drink, or chocolate? And I'm gonna, it's got to be that terrible chocolate that's only used for energy. I'm going to put them right in those three. 
Just um, right straight like yep, it is. Right straight like it is. And that's just because I, I think coffee from from my dad, that's always been my go to. And then energy drinks. There's something about my heart exploding that I'm not a huge fan of. But then that nasty chocolate at the same time, I just can't that's <laughs> Yeah, let me preface let me preface this by 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 validating if if you have heart issues, don't drink energy drinks. Yeah. Okay. Point blank, end of story. So what what my start bench cut, just to be different than Jeff, I'm going to start energy drinks. The reason being is because you can get them fruity, you can get them with no sugar, <laughs> and you can, and, and they're pretty much immediate. Uh, the only difference is, is energy drinks make you go to the bathroom a whole lot more. Uh, they, they'll pee you to death. But I'm going to start energy drinks because it's immediate and maybe the best $3 you're going to spend as far as pepping you up. Coffee's number two because you can add enough sugar, it's hot, and, and it's good stuff. No problem. But chocolate's going to be number three on the list because it's kind of like Pringles for me. You can't just have one. Yes. And right. I feel like I'm just, you know, it's one of those deals like the first two are for energy, the three, next three is expanding my waistline. Like yeah. that's that's what happens. So I'm going in that order just for, uh, again, for no real real purpose. Uh, the last one, um, this went back to the NBA because I feel like I, I don't ever want to be one-sided. In the fall, I have plenty of opportunities to be one-sided. It's all football most of the time. But in this situation, I'm talking about the greatest that didn't get there. And we're talking about greats in the NBA that didn't get a championship. Uh, we're going to talk about Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing. Start bench cut. This is really, really tough. And, it, and it's because... Two of these three guys that I I, I know pretty well, uh, Barkley and Malone, I know pretty well. Ewing, I never really watched him that much. I remember having a – I got it in a cereal box. I got a Patrick Ewing poster, and it stayed on the side of my fridge for probably 10 years. There you go. So, for me, I, I think I start Carl Malone, I bench Barkley, and I cut Ewing. And that's purely just because I've watched more Malone and Barkley, and Carl Malone just I, the I just, mailman. Yeah, mailman Malone. He he just had that drive, like he was. He had a, that grit edge. So how how did you go? Uh, Malone, Malone, Barkley, and Ewing. That gummy, you're making me have to flip. See, we were gonna literally, guys. This is no joke. Jeffy and I going into today would have matched all three start bench cuts, but I just can't have that happen. So I got to switch it up. I'm actually going to start Barkley, and the reason is is because he talks trash. Barkley is a, is a guy, and he got there. He epic, got there with epic Phoenix golf swing too. Yeah, well, I mean, it, not many people can have a two part golf swing, so <laughs> don't be a hater. But uh, I'm going to start Barkley, and just because he's a trash talker, and, and then I think honestly, post career. He's probably done as good as as any of them. Just just making arrogance and and a slight you know speech issue, uh, kind of fun. <laughs> like and and he doesn't care that he's from Auburn. Doesn't care that he's a little heavy. He's just kind of there. Carl Malone, he left the NBA and kind of maybe left the surface of the the world. I haven't heard from Carl no, Malone. Don't know what's going on. And then Patrick Ewing, I'm cutting him again for the same reasons. If I hadn't got that box of. Uh, Whatever whatever brand it was, Pops, it was that yellow box. It was right next to Honeycombs. I think I meant to get Honeycombs. Uh, I wouldn't have had that Patrick Ewing poster uh, to put on the refrigerator. So, and then he's a coach at Georgetown now, so um, you know it is what it is. But I'm going to go 
Barkley for the round mound to rebound. I'm gonna the mailman's gonna get the bench, and then I'm gonna cut Patrick Ewing. But uh, you know, I think that's a those are three guys that had opportunities. Malone and Barkley got there, just couldn't finish the deal. Uh, Interestingly enough, against the same guy won the championship. But, hey, that's been the Tuesday edition. If you missed some of it, go back and catch it on our website, thegrindonsports.com. But until then, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.